and welcome everyone to this Central Rivers AEA Learning On Demand podcast. I'm Beth Strike, and I'm the Director of Creative Services and Communications. I'm here today to talk with Jen Sigris, Director of Educational Services and a leading expert on future-ready practices in the state, if not the nation, really. Welcome, Jen. Thanks, Beth. All right, Jen. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about how teachers can set up uh, more of a learner-driven classroom and some of those moves that they can make to foster more of that. You know, in a previous podcast, we talked a lot about compliance in learning and wanting students to move away from that compliance thinking and being more learner-driven. So talk to us a little bit about how this works and, and what are some things that teachers can do. Yeah, that last podcast we had about the compliance mindset Um, You know, that mindset really keeps kids from being fully engaged in their learning. And today we're going to get more into, um, as you said, that behavior, not being a compliant, um, you know, just focusing on compliant behavior, because that's really a detractor from that independence that we want kids to take in the classroom, you know, as we've laid out learning um, with and for them. Um, so I, I, so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about uh, like a recipe. I don't. Oh, yeah. You're you're probably a way better baker than I am. Um, huh. I follow the recipe because I'm that uh, <laughs> I'm that kind of chef. I need recipes. I want consistent outcomes. Um, I want to know that if I just do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to get that great cookie. Um, so following directions, you know, has its has its role. I was probably. Well, I was definitely an adult. I'm not going to give you my age. I was definitely an adult. When I figured out by accident, by not following the directions clearly and not adding enough flour, um, I found out what flour does to my chocolate chip cookies. I actually like more flour now in my recipe because I like little fluffier cookies. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So all along, I'm making these chocolate chip cookies, and I'm not really thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just following the directions to get these consistent outcomes. Um, and that's okay, right? There are times for that. But when we think about the, the wonderful chefs out there, they understand and they're mixing things. Like I have no skill for that. Um, but I haven't really delved into that, you know, that learning either. So when we think about the kinds of situations we set up for kids in classrooms, I like to think of that analogy of the recipe. Do I need consistent outcomes? Do I need to give everyone directions because I need everyone to come out with a consistent outcome? Um, If I'm talking about getting to the cafeteria in a safe way, that may be it. But if I'm really talking about a learning experience where I want them to understand the components, like what flour, what eggs do to a recipe, then I've got to go a little different different approach. Um, And that's really what I want to talk about today is how can teachers have a a little different approach so that students are um, becoming more independent in their learning um, and it's not all lockstep the teacher controlling their their next steps um, in the learning process. You know, we were talking at the break about that whole recipe example that you just gave. And, you know, that really resonated with me because I think about how many awesome recipes or dishes would have never been created if people would have only stuck to the steps that someone else gave them. I mean, that's how creation happens. So how do you, like, help kids? I think a lot of it has to do probably with just making connections to things that they're interested in and really um you know we talked previously in a in an earlier podcast about kind of unleashing the learning and getting them connected and passionate so how do you as a teacher how do you do that yeah well one of the things that um i really feel like it's underutilized in our strategies as teachers is to build in time for reflection 
that quiet time for students to think, uh, gosh, why did that work that way? Um, why, why did I follow, why did I put these ingredients in here? I mean, I know I like chocolate chips, but what's the rest of that for? Um, just building in time for reflection and allowing students to think about what their next steps might be. Um, if, you know, to keep running with this analogy, if I had this opportunity to really think about the recipe and I could think about why salt was in my sugar cookie uh, or my, my chocolate chip cookie as well as, as brown sugar, you know, I might want to do something more with that. I might want to try a recipe and leave the salt out and see how it tastes, right? Like those could be next steps and you could already see that that would be engaging to me because I've had an opportunity to reflect on that um, and really think about, you know, where do I want to take my learning? So one step a teacher can think about is just building in some reflection time. Now, students, the first time you give them reflection, they may be like, sweet, I can put my head down and take a little nap. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, we may need to give them some questions to prompt. But again, over time and with more practice, if you give me an opportunity to reflect, I'm going to be able to do that. Um, and I can do that as a kindergartner as well as a senior. Like that's not just a, a high school strategy. So that is certainly um, an easy to embed, um, got to stay, stay with it, persevere teachers, um, but that's an easy strategy to build in, um, I think, to a, a, a unit or a design. Okay, so Jen, there's this idea of learner profiles and developing those with students kind of around their interests and passions. And how does this work? What, what does a teacher do? Yeah, well, it's kind of related to that reflection in that we assume kids know what they're interested in, but we may not have given them a time to really think about it. Or we may not have given them, you know, some new learning um, to be able to think about, like, is that something that I'd be good at? Do I like that? So uh, building in, in, in a learner profile, an interest inventory, or just giving kids uh, time to say, this is what I like. What kinds of things do you like? And this is such the art of teaching, right? Good teachers know what their kids like and are passionate about. But not necessarily do we give kids that time to think about it themselves, and to make their own connections with it. So a learner profile is a great way to do that. Um, there are some you know, free things on the internet um, from different educational sources, so you know their quality, um, to you know, think about your interests, uh, what you're passionate about. Um, I'm just even thinking about in some of the work-based learning experiences that the state supports, there's a self-assessment about interests. So there's lots of opportunities um, out there for schools to take advantage of, you know, those inventories for kids. And all of those feed into a learner profile that um, says, okay, these are things I might be good at, I might be interested in. Um, so that would be one way to kind of add to that learner profile. Um, and the other thing that I, I would just say is, as we're thinking about that, it doesn't have to be a complex software system. Um, certainly there are those out there as well, but it can be just this form. And as long as you come back to it every so often as a teacher, that it's not forgotten, but hey, now at the end of this unit, what did you learn about yourself? What, what are you mm, interested in now? Right. From what we talked about, what did you notice a strength um, of yours that emerged? So having it brought back up. So again, this kind of relates to that reflection time, but now they're really thinking about their profile as a learner how is that growing and evolving? So that's a practice that a teacher could build in. Hmm. We'll include a reference to this in the show notes, but I know you talk about, there's a little story uh, from a book called End of Average by Todd Rose. 
And I thought that was really interesting. Can you share a little bit about that? You know, that was a book that um, I'm sure we all have books that were like, oh, that was a game changer for me. There was, that's going to stick with me. Um, And he opens his book with a a scenario in the military um, about plane crashes. And and so they were really investigating what's going on and, and come to find out they were developing planes for this average pilot. But when they actually looked at their over 1,000 pilots, none of them fit those measurements. So their cockpits were all designed wrong for this fictitious pilot. Um, And so they made them adjustable, flexible. It's the same reason you have Mm. adjustable car seats in our cars today. Um, It came from that same notion. Like we're all different sizes. And when we build in that opportunity for flexibility, um, then we stop stop force fitting into this fictitious average thing um, that we have. And I've even found it with kids um, okay, this may not be your strength, which, um, like for my, my son, who's like, okay, I was, I'm not a good reader. Okay. Well, you still have to practice reading. Right. Um, but when it comes to his interests and he's so compassionate and caring about animals and wants to learn more, that's your strength, buddy. How can you learn? How can you use that strength to capitalize on it? And another thing that, that Todd talks about in his, his book is, you know, the world doesn't need people to be, you know, take their weaknesses and just become mediocre. They need them to build off their strengths and be extraordinary. That's when change happens in the world. And as I started having that kind of mindset and conversation with my son, then I saw him even grow into a better reader. I he was, was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. He was choosing those things he was interested in. And yeah. he sees those as his strengths. And now reading doesn't even bother him. And it's the way you describe it. It's in such a genuine way. It's not coercive. It's not about tricking him into reading. It's about really opening that door through something he's passionate about. And then that naturally led to just wanting probably to read more to really further his own passion and interest in something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the teacher librarian at the school totally helped. She's like, I know what you're into. Here's a whole series. They play a key role, don't they? Yeah, 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 they certainly do. But again, it was a building off of strengths, um, that kind of asset mindset. Um, so yeah, his book was just a game changer for me. And I think that mindset is something that I'd you know, recommend teachers considering um, in this shift to having kids being more independent. Nice. So where does goal setting play a role? Oh, yes. You know, I've even found this with adults. I assumed you know, oh, set goals, action steps, you know, measures all the things and go. Um, well, that's not as easy as it, as it sounds, and we have to teach that process. So um, an instructional change a, a teacher might make is, if I have a project, also teach how to manage my time in that project, kind of back map it. So if the project is due here, each of you, what is your step that you need to do before that? Like, when do you want to make sure it's done? Are you going to turn it in at the very last minute? Um, or do you want to turn it in a little early to check to make sure it got submitted? What's your, you know, what's your review process going to be? You build all those things in to map out your time. Kids don't just pick that up. We have to teach that. Um, so a strategy a, a teacher might consider is, you know, teaching that goal setting and actions to hit a goal, you can model that yourself, whether it's your, hey, I'm trying to set a goal of healthier eating habits and here are my action steps I'm trying to take, or it's, um, you know, that kind of project management steps that you're going to take in order to meet a deadline. Modeling that as a teacher is a great way to teach kids about those, those processes, um, and that's, of course, in any content. Any content can, can help kids see how adults can work through 
um, goal setting and, and action steps with timelines and, and what you're trying to work toward. So then as a teacher, how do you measure your success? How do you know if you're doing this well? Yeah. Is it that yeah. kids need you a little less, don't they? Well, right. Yeah. That's, that's a big mindset shift. So all these instructional strategies, you know, we've talked about in, in these series of podcasts, there's also this mindset, and we've mentioned it before, but, you know, if, if we keep telling teachers or, or keep applauding them for carrying kids across that bridge, we've done a disservice to the teacher. Really, we should applaud the teacher when they get kids from one side of the bridge to the other. I mean, the kids walk across themselves. That's the success. And having that mindset is, is really um, a shift. Um, it's a shift as an administrator to just recognize how independent a class is because there's all sorts of work that teacher did behind the scenes to allow that to happen. Um, so I really um, encourage us to explore and support teachers shifting the mindset um, from carrying every kid myself to the less they need me, the better I've done my job. Um, maybe parents too. I'm still kind of teaching myself oh, that's that so one. Hard. As a parent, <laughs> so hard. Definitely. Um, so there's some language that teachers should sort of avoid using and, and some language to start using really around this work. Right. Talk to us about that. Right. If we want kids to be in, independent, um, we know that helping them learn from their mistakes. Um, what did you learn from that attempt? What would your next step look like? Those could all be questions that would be a great way to get kids thinking about next steps um, and, and being more independent in their learning. We could see conversely, let me tell you, that's probably language we should avoid, or here's what you should do, or God, that didn't work, um, ooh, that, that failed. You know, if we say that failed, but we use it in a, hmm, what can we learn from that mistake? That's great. Changing that you know, growth mindset, mm -hmm. that failure is, is not the end. It's the beginning of learning. You know, kind of helping kids make that shift um, would certainly be language that I would consider. Um, and moving into more of that, whether you call it a coaching stance or a, we're in this together, how might we, um, you know, what can you, what can you use as one of your strengths to help improve this? You know, those more open-ended questions um, and allowing kids to do things, you know, um, that we may be uncomfortable, like, oh, that's not the next step I would oh. take, but you're going to have to figure that one out. Also hard. Very, yes, <laughs> I know we're saying, I was going to say, are we connecting <laughs> this as parents? Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, so certainly, you know, not in the case it would hurt their safety, but when you know they're going to be safe, but you're just, oh, that's not as efficient as this way. Mm -hmm. And that one happens a lot. Like if you would just do it my way and follow my directions, you'd do it faster. You're speaking to my soul right now. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's tough. It's tough. <laughs> my but... kids would tell you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. All right. Anything else on this, Jen, before we start to wrap up? No, I just, um, I'm, I'm thankful that there are teachers willing to consider you know, how they can help kids be more independent. And really, that's a much more engaging environment, even if it's a little more scary for us um, as adults. They'll, they'll learn deeper. The, the lessons will stick with them um, much longer. And you're really going to see this engaged, engaged student that's asking questions and uncovering answers. Nice. I love these little snack size sessions we have. This is fun. Yeah. And then we're taking all these parent yeah. little tips away great too. Great tips to take home too. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Jen. This has been great. And uh, this was another Learning On Demand podcast.